0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Uh, Before we begin, we want to put out a quick content warning on the topics we'll be discussing. Some of them are definitely triggering, so please keep that in mind as you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Emotional Duct Tape. I'm Corey. I'm Jamie. Jamie, how are you today?
1: Um, you know, I uh, I'm going through it, Corey. Um, I am definitely going through the grieving process since losing my job two weeks ago. Um, I, you know, was on this super high like immediately after it, which sounds crazy, but um, you know, I posted immediately on LinkedIn, "Hey, I'm 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 looking for opportunities. I'm, I want to work. Here I am," and I got such an outpouring of support that I was feeling super optimistic, and then. <laughs> Um, you know, I started applying for jobs and started getting kind of immediate rejections, which I'm not used to, but I forget that, you know, normally when I'm looking for a new job, um there there isn't a pandemic and people aren't applying from every state all over the place, you know. Um but it's just been it was kind of a tough pill for me to swallow that, you know, a lot of companies are using bots to review resumes. And I just, I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, because, you know, any human that would, would look at my resume would say, Oh no, no, this is a good fit. You know, I don't, I don't apply for things that I don't think I can do. Um, and and I don't think I can add value. So, um, you know, it's, it was kind of, I was feeling very optimistic. Then I, you know, hit some lows there of like, Oh no, like there's a lot of competition. Is this going to work out? Um, and just it's just been kind of a little bit of a roller coaster. So um, today's been an interesting day, a lot of tears. But um, ultimately, I am like really in a good mood right now. Um, the the morning started out rough. I cried it out, and um, I've had a really great day. With um, I had two interviews already today. Like I don't know what I'm worried about.
0: <laughs> you you so, got this. I'm not even worried about it. You you got yeah, this. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: And how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. It's it's winter in michigan and the sun is shining you can see out my, my side window right here it looks beautiful. yeah it does look um,
1: brighter in there than it usually does <laughs> yes,
0: i'm gonna paint all these walls dark one day but um for now it's gonna be bright <laughs> and chipper um but yeah no, i'm doing great uh and hanging there you're you're awesome and i mean obviously Thank you know this so you got this it's yeah it's
1: gonna be fine it's gonna be fine but um you know i feel like i'm really embracing my feelings so much more now that we've been doing this podcast and talking to people and i'm just like breaking down walls that i never thought i could break down um and really giving in to what i'm feeling and it is it's it's changing things so much for the better um it's so important to cry
0: Yeah, this, this podcast has been so cathartic, and uh, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot off-podcast, off-air, but um, every time, it's it's something new, and even though the grief may not be something we experience directly, it's the lessons we're learning from people with grief is just um, so great, and I say this because um, we have a very special guest today, somebody who I, I found, discovered on social media through the weirdest of ways, and I'll explain that in a little bit here. But please welcome to the podcast, Gina Nuzovano, aka Conscious Mama. Hi, Gina. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm so
2: honored to be here. This is the first time that I've ever spoken on a podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that means a lot.
0: Well, we're we're going to try to set a high bar for other podcasts now for you. So, um, I was kind of talking about this before uh, before we started recording, but. I heard your story through the weirdest of connections. Um, I follow Nikki Glaser, the comedian, on social media. Um, Her friend Anya is a musician who was her opener the last tour I saw her, and I started following Anya. And then um, Anya posted one day about your grief story um, with losing your your son, and it was something that resonated with me, so I started following you. And then um, when this podcast came about, we started having those conversations of um, the griefs we we've seen from people on social media. And we said, let's talk to Gina and you graciously came on to, or agreed to come on and talk about your wonderful son and like celebrate all the things he's taught you. So.
2: Yeah, I love that. Well, I love hearing how you found me. Cause I didn't know that. And it's just so amazing how those things work out and one little connection to the next little connection. And yeah, that's amazing.
0: Um, yeah, most definitely. Um And it's, it's, the beauty too of social media nowadays because I know social media gets a bad rap, but without social media, I wouldn't have this podcast. I might have a different version of it, but I wouldn't have met Jamie this summer and we wouldn't have bonded over grief. We wouldn't have said, Hey, let's be crazy and be strangers and start a podcast together. So um, it's, it's, there's value in that. If you use social media for the right ways.
2: I absolutely agree. I feel like I've found like a a lot of really amazing people and also moms who have lost children and have created an amazing community via social media so i absolutely agree
0: so yeah let's let's talk about river um and let's let's kind of get some context of feel free to share as much as you want um we we know he's he's no longer physically here with us so i mean we can we can talk as much as you want about that but i'll just have you start and tell your story
2: okay awesome yeah i love talking about river i think that's something too that a lot of I think um, people who haven't lost a child when they're around you, they get like nervous to say your child's name or to talk about them. And it's actually like it hurts so much more when they don't bring them up. Um, like you want to hear their name. You want to talk about them. Most parents that I know who have lost a child do. Um, so I always love the opportunity. Um, so yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, just like before before this recording of, so I had River in New York City, we were living in Astoria, Queens. And um, from the get go, he was just like, and you can see it in like the photos, like he was just such a special child, just like has that like angelic glow and like these really, really bright eyes and um, just like kind of wise beyond his years, just from, from the beginning. And um and I'll just share like I was thinking of like three little stories that like just to me like really speak to who, who he was and um one was he was like not even two years old yet and um, uh, One of his friends came over for a play date and his friend was a little bit more like docile and shy and River was like really like just loving and boisterous and like <laughs> really like physical and he like went up to this his friend and he hugged him and The friend was just a little like he's just someone that kind of takes things in first and, and it kind of scared him and he started to cry. His friend started to cry. River immediately went and he got his snack and he went and got his favorite toy and he brought it over to the kid and he started consoling this kid. And the mom who was there, she was like she was a therapist and she's like, Gina, children that age don't even have like the emotional intelligence to empathize like that. Like that is amazing and I just I got that reflection a lot in the world not just for me because of course I'm his mom So, of course, I think he's amazing, you know, but I got that reflection from like other people in the world his teachers are or like another mom, you know, and um, so he just had that just like very old soul and um, I don't know we had this very so we had a A relationship where I really believe in allowing the the child to lead and really listening to both my instincts but also what the child needs. I think a lot of times when you become a parent because you're literally just physically bigger there's like a tendency to think like you even if it's unconscious like that you're you dominate a little bit like I know best this is what we're doing you know and I have these two stories where like I remember We had got home and we had just gone grocery shopping. I was really tired. My husband worked, he was supporting us. So he worked like maybe six, sometimes seven days a week in in construction. So I was really, I really took care of River by myself. And um, so I'd just be really tired. And I breastfed and um, I was just an available mom. I never, I was just, that's how I parented. And so I remember we got in, I brought in all the groceries and I was like, okay, like I was so tired. We finally got in from the city and all of a sudden River was like, he started pulling on my my thing and he's like outside outside and I just like that part of me that was like oh my god we just got back inside with all the groceries. I don't want to go back outside and like I, that part of me could have been like no like I'm the parent we're staying inside, but that other part of me that's like I, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to follow his lead. So I picked him up and um, I brought him outside and there was like all of these stars and he like pointed to the stars. It was like New York. You never see the stars in New no. York, you know? And he was like, stars, moon, mommy. And like, to me, it's like, I I wouldn't have those experiences if I didn't allow him to lead. Like he truly was just so much. I don't know how to explain it. Like you was just so in tune and wise. And like, he just like, you know, put his um head on my uh, chest and, we just walk down the streets of Astoria, you know and
3: those moments are the best moments of my life and
2: I know that they always will be that. It's just such a tendency in our culture to think like your job, the money that you have, you know, like the things that you own, the properties that you own and it's like no, it's, it's those moments that are the most important, you know. Um, and I have one more story like that where like we were at home on the weekend. I was again tired, like cooking us lunch. And he was like, Outside, mommy, outside. And I like <laughs> I was like, Oh goodness. And so and I remember it was the same thing. It was like quiet, which was never quiet in you know, in Astoria. It was quiet. The birds were singing and we just like had such a nice walk. And so like that was the relationship we had when I was willing to be like in tune, you know, and present, and like follow his lead. We had like the most magical experiences, and um, yeah, that's what. And I guess I'll just share that. I'll share just this last piece because I think it's kind of interesting too. Um, so we moved. Well, we didn't initially move to Maine. We just got out of New York City up to Maine because of COVID. We were like, we're not. <laughs> let's. We're just gonna get out of the city. My husband's um family. His grandfather had an open space in Maine and so they were like you can you can come up and use use the space as long as you need to and so we came up and um yeah it it was it was so wild like I first of all like I started having this experience where it was almost like everything was like in like technicolor right this may sound very really weird but I'll just like I'll just Kind of walk you through it. It was like and I remember like I would just be having these experiences that felt like Ethereal like really heavenly and like I was present like I had never been before and I remember even calling My friends and being like I've literally never been this present like I feel so present and so content that if I died like I'd be totally fine and it would just be like the simplest things like in the morning I'd get up and I'd meditate and then River would wake up and he would just like waddle over over to me and just like looking at him and just feeling like
3: so content, you know, and um, like just going down to the river with him and just spending hours throwing like rocks in the water and yeah, I just had no clue that it was like.
2: I almost feel like the veil between here and the spiritual realm was being lifted for those two months. Like now when I look back, I was like, wow, because I think, you know, he passed away really suddenly. River was never, ever sick. Um, he got sick literally. Like, I'm not even, like, he was never even, like, sniffle sick. He got sick one time in his two and a half years. And um, he ha- he got a stomach ache on the 18th of May. Um And we just thought that he ate some, like that he ate something, or that he got it like a a bug. And um, so, yeah, he was like up in the night, definitely in pain. But we thought, like, yeah, like I've had, you know, like food poisoning or whatever. You're in pain, you're thrashing. We were checking in with my, um, with my uh, my sister in law. She's a nurse, so we were checking in with her, like. Do you think we need to take him, you know, and she's like, no kids get stomach, you know, kids get stomach bugs. It's just a thing you just like have to let it ride out. Maybe if with, you know, if he's not okay within like 24, 48 hours, maybe you'd want to go in. But it's COVID. So you're not going to bring a kid in just if they have like a stomach stomachache. Uh, so it was the next morning that, um, yeah, we just, I, at a certain point I knew he wasn't okay. And um, we called the hospital and the, uh, he went into cardiac
3: arrest on the way to a hospital. We were, we were able to like that's the amazing thing is that because we were Maine and because it was a small hospital we were able to be with him and they let us be in the room with him and hold his feet while they were working on him. Um, he passed away. Um, and so it was like having this beautiful thriving, healthy child and feeling so content about it really was like my life with him, you know, and then just gone. It was only 14 hours from when he had a stomach ache. Um, and so it was just like, yeah, it was so like unbelievable. That's really what it was. Like when we were in the hospital, it was like almost like we were in the We didn't even learn like in like your child's on the bed and then they're just gone and you're standing over them and they're not there. They're
2: lifeless, you know, it's like the ultimate nightmare for a parent, you know. Um, So we learned it's a condition called volvulus and it's a intestinal complication. Um, It's not genetic. It's just kind of random and it's when the intestine is forming that it, it, it forms wrong and someone could go their whole life with a mal rotation of the intestine, but if it doesn't flip on itself They're fine but then if it flips on itself, it's it's a lot of times fatal for specifically kids and infants because You you don't you don't know what's happening until they've been starved of oxygen for too too long and so I actually was able to connect with a um She found me on Instagram, a mom in California and her son Gavin was seven years old when he passed away of volvulus and there was something about just getting to hear another mom. She did the exact same thing that I did, you know, like thought it was the same thing brought him in at the same time. He went into cardiac arrest on the way to the hospital the same time that it was like, I don't know, like uh, just. It wasn't our fault, I guess what I'm saying. There's so much... Of course not. Yeah, there's so much... I think just in general, more more guilt involved with a child because as a parent, it's like your job to make sure your child is safe and that they're okay. And so I think it just comes with the territory that there's like um, guilt, you know? Um,
0: as somebody yeah. who's a, as a dad, it, for me, like, I mean... Um, my my kid he he has a cold right now you know and he has a sore throat and he's phlegmy and i'm like oh shoot is this covid what did i do wrong you know you go into this you go into this routine of of first off what could have happened you know am i doing enough right now you know and i mean it's it's this constant state i mean even though you you're a parent and I don't. You don't seem like a like you were an up to uptight parent for, for lack of a better word. But I mean, <laughs> but when when your kid's not feeling good, you automatically go to like super investigative CSI mode, trying to figure out any possible situation. Then you're thinking, what do I do? Do I take to the doctor? Do I not? What do I? You're online. You're like, don't look online because you know that'll be bad news for you. But it's yeah. Then there's this guilt. Even you know if if my kid has a stomach bug and he's throwing up for a night, I'm like man, I just want to, I just feel terrible. Like this is somehow my fault.
2: Absolutely. I think it just comes with the territory of like, right. That's what parent, that's, what's your, that's your role is to make sure that your child is okay. And that you like every like cell in your body wants them to be okay. Like you, but you know, it's hard to see your child in pain, you know? And yeah, the only way that is like, can kind of ease my, that gives me solace. And this is just one way I think to look at it is, um, there's a book called Journey of Souls. I don't know if you guys have read it, but it's from Michael Newton. It's really interesting. He actually, um, so he, he has a PhD, and he's a hypnotherapist. And he has hundreds of cases that he, actu- he cites. And he, he, so he takes people into um, hypnosis, and they all talk about past lives but what I think is the most interesting thing is they all even though they don't know about they don't know each other they all talk about the spiritual realm in the same way. And I and I loved that. It's really really interesting and and talking about like what your what a soul needs on this journey, you know? And so for me, I I the only way that I can look at it is like or that gives me solace is like River knew that I would be the kind of mom that would give him what he needed in his short two and a half years here, you know, and um, that that was just that was his journey. And he, it's so interesting because I had complicate. I was twenty five when I had River, and I had um, like I was really healthy and like really I should have had no complications. And I had the craziest, most random complications in my pregnancy. And I just feel like that was his destiny, that he like came into the world with a bang, was this like bright, bright star, like this undeniable, just like really bright child. And then he left with the bang. And it was just like this short, bright shooting star. And I also really feel like his passing has affected a lot, a lot of people. And I get messages every day on Instagram from other moms telling me that like River has affected how they parent how present they are for their kids like not taking anything for granted and not that I think like his passing was to do that but just that he just has had such a huge impact on so many, so many people and I think are like I think this will be down the road but my husband really we'd like to start a nonprofit called Rivers Ranch and um, it would be a it would be a space where parents could come who have lost children and there'd be all different kinds of healing modalities from EMDR to trauma yoga to, I mean, everything from ac- acupuncture and just like a space where parents could come to heal and to be with other parents that that have had the experience because um, lo- I think loss is just hard in general and there's just, I, I think what's hard about losing a child is it's not the natural order of things. That's what makes it devastating and just like that ultimate loss because it's not it's not how the, the circle of life goes. You know, it's not supposed to go that way. And so that's what, I don't know, it's just something that you carry and I think, a different way. And that, I don't know, I was telling that to my husband yesterday. I was like, it's, it's this, it's not something that gets better. You just learn how to like live with this
1: kind of constant, like just
2: constant, you know?
1: Absolutely. Um, but that's so, that's so beautiful, you know, because we have the option, the, the option to choose what we do with our grief. And so the fact that you're taking your grief and you're saying, you know what, like, this this was the hand i was dealt this is what i've gone through how can i help other people who've gone through it i mean and it's beautiful and i love that you found somebody almost immediately it sounds like that 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 had gone through something exactly like it because you know in in grieving it is so helpful when you feel heard and understood and you know i could sit here i i'm not a parent yet um mm-hmm. and um but you know i empathize and feel for you beyond belief because I want nothing more in the world than to be a mother. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't gone through it. <laughs> and um, even, even though, you know, people will support you in other ways, there is nothing more helpful than to find somebody that you can really commiserate with and support each other. And I think, you know, and then you wind up having a beautiful friendship out of it. Right. You know? And so, um, I'm happy to hear that, that, that's how you're, you're going about things. It's, it's really encouraging and beautiful.
0: So what I'm curious is about, and if there's anything you don't want to talk about, we can chop it out or we, you don't have to answer. I'm just, yeah. Um, so thinking about, um, after river had passed and thinking about your grieving process, um, and especially with your husband, because he's an important factor in this too. I yes. <laughs> mean, there there are couples who can't get past their grief to the point that they usually divorce. I mean that. I mean, in a lot of ways, like it, your relationship can be really tested at that time. But I'm curious just about how both of you were able to um, take on that grief. You know, did was I mean, you seem like a positive person, but. Obviously, there was some darkness along the way. So let's kind of talk about that if we can.
2: Oh yeah, totally. And that's—it's actually probably that's probably one of my faults. Is that I—I I think it's just from how I grew up that I have a, a capacity to be like crumbling on the inside and look like I am one hundred percent fine, stable. I can do anything. That's just how I <laughs> how I've coped through life. And so um, it, there is, it hasn't been one day for eight months that I haven't cried. You know, like that I have cried. I didn't know that a, a human could produce so many tears. And there's been days where I didn't want to keep living. And I thought maybe I'll just go into the garage and turn the car on just to be like transparent with how dark things got. And um, so in regards to that is, well, one thing that I'll say briefly is the one thing that always keeps me like, choosing to live is that I truly believe it's my responsibility to carry out my son's purpose in this realm now and like that is that is the one thing that keeps me choosing to live to be honest and um, that so that's one thing but then in regards to our grief process so I think most most a lot of people do divorce after losing a child. The statistics is kind of high in regards to parents that divorce. Um for my husband and I, it actually has brought us closer and I don't know it's I'm like so in awe of him because it has pushed him to heal in ways that I actually don't think anything else would have and he has really allowed it to like heal him and like obviously he's devastated and like has the same feelings that I do but also has really changed in a lot of ways and so we have our our relationship has gotten a lot closer since river passed and I don't think we've ever been as connected and kind of connected to what's important and our intimacy has deepened and in regards to tools like initially I think we were just in shock for like that first part was like we were in shock for a long time. I remember at the service and the funeral parlor and like all that like I remember people would come over like come to me and I wouldn't be crying and I felt like I had to tell people like I don't know why I'm not crying. Like I was like I'm sorry but like I was just in shock. Like your just nervous system was like so shocked you know from the trauma of it all and because it wasn't pretty like what I saw and like seeing your child be starved of oxygen is not, it wasn't a pretty sight. And so um, that I think I was like a ghost for a while. But then we started to, we have, we both have really strong spiritual communities. So that was something that was huge. And then we also started doing EMDR for the trauma, which I think that's a big thing is that there's grief. And a lot of times there's trauma, and it's all tangled up into this like tangly ball And so it's like, okay, I need to actually like untangle the PTSD, the trauma of that day, the 24 hours, the like, and there's so much trauma, like getting the like, the death certificate of your child in the mail, having to talk to the like coroner, you know, the people who are doing the autopsy, having to like talk to the funeral director, going into the funeral home, seeing like a young child, your child cold on like a bed, like all of those things, then the hospital thing, you have all this trauma. And then you have your grief and so the EMDR really really helped me with like addressing the trauma like a lot and that I think after doing a lot of work in that then I felt like I could access the grief more. And so it actually got in the beginning wasn't as it, it got worse kind of once like the shock and I started to really deal with the trauma. Then the grief kind of really hit hard. Um, And I think the biggest thing was having community, you know, like talking about it, talking about where I was at. At least I remember one of my friends was like, You just have to be honest with at least one person if you're feeling like you want to kill yourself, you know, like at least one person. Just know that it doesn't have to be me, but someone you're talking about, like where you're really at. And so I really did that. I really was transparent with at least one person. And I think and with other moms who could say like, I get it. Like, I
1: understand, like we're going to get through this. So that's a, that's a really great tip, honestly. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I love that you got, that you got into therapy immediately. Um, we had a guest, uh, I don't know if it was last week or recently, but she was talking about how when we go through trauma, um, you know, we don't even maybe necessarily realize we're going through it or how bad it is. And what she was talking about was like, if you don't properly heal from that, you have to later on break it again to reheal. And so, you know, I, I feel very strongly that, you know, this is obviously the toughest thing you're ever going to go through in your life. Um, But you really take, you took great steps and I feel like, you know, I have so much hope for you, um, in, in it being a, a less horrible experience down the line and, you know, that you just, you, you have space to, to, to do your proper grieving and everything because you got the right kind of help. And so, you know, these, these little tidbits that you're sharing, are are really huge for others as well. So yeah, thank you. <laughs>
0: well, and I think too, part of it is you were experiencing all this during a pandemic. Right. So, I mean, um, you probably already have complex feelings in general about how things are going anyways, but then you're essentially, I mean, in your solace, like sitting here in your house because you really can't go anywhere. You can't, you know, I mean, you can do some things. You can go to therapy, but You know, if you want to go have a a girls weekend somewhere with your friends, you know, or go with your husband somewhere for a while and just try to relax, it's, you're kind of being forced to be in the same place you raised your child. You're, you're being forced to, to face the reality of your life. And I guess that maybe is a good thing in a way too, but I mean, it's, it's a hard thing regardless.
2: Totally. It's, it's interesting too, because I think there were, there was pros and cons to it. (laughs) And I think the pros were and this may sound weird, but like, when you when you lose your child, like it's like your whole life is altered, like my life will never be the same from that day, like it will always be altered. And your life kind of shuts down. And I think normally, if like we were in normal life, our life would have been shut down, but life around us would have been going. But it was almost like our life shut down. And the whole world's life would have shut down too. So it was almost like it worked in a way. And, you know, it's like everything was like shut down and weird. And for a long time, I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was very like, I think just first of all, I was the PTSD. I was having flashbacks and like really barely functioning. And then I also I don't know. I think I was angry more in the beginning. Like I had that anger, and I really, everything people said irritated me. Like I didn't like to talk to people. Like I just, I didn't want to talk to people. So it was kind of like perfect to just have space to like heal and not have to talk to people or not have to go anywhere. And um, yeah, so it was kind of interesting. There were some things that I think actually worked to our advantage.
1: Yeah. Not having to put on a face. Right. (laughs) And, and, and that's, you know, uh, that's really important. Um, and I'm glad that you said, you know, that you were feeling like you didn't want to talk to people and that you were having these like anger and, you know, those kinds of feelings. Um, because I think a lot of people who go through grief or haven't grieved, um, and it's new to them, um, you know they harbor that that guilt of oh I was being mean to people while I was grieving and it's like you didn't do anything wrong you're going through something and it's normal to be cranky you know like it's totally normal I lashed out on my best friend this morning <laughs> and, you know and then I apologized and I realized you, you know it was I know I knew where it came from. Um, and so, you know, but I'm glad that you're mentioning those things because I think, you know, listeners who are coming in and listening, um, who haven't experienced certain things or even in retrospect of like, oh, they went through this period, this happened and not even realizing that like, yeah, everybody grieves differently and everybody feels different, different things and none of it is wrong, (laughs) you know? (laughs)
0: As long as you're not hurting yourself or someone else, there's no wrong way to grieve. Yeah, absolutely.
2: absolutely. That's such a good way to put it. And that that was even in David Kessler's book. I don't know if you've read his book, Finding Meaning. It's really good in regards to loss. He's like a grief specialist. He was like worked thirty years. And oh, good, he has it. Okay. Well, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and in it, he, <laughs>
2: he says like the uh, couples who have divorced, it's not because their child is lost. It's because they can't accept the other parent's way of grieving. And wow. so that wow. was powerful to hear because yeah, sometimes my husband will be really pissed off, and I won't be. I'll be in like a different space, and sometimes I'll be in a space, and he'll be in a better space. Or like, and so I think that's been an important thing is knowing like okay, we both are going to have like unique, separate grief paths, you know, um, and that is okay, <laughs> you know. So
0: yeah. So thinking about um, obviously you know, there, there's no, I'm not going to say like, is there a point where you were okay with all this? Cause that's just stupid to say, <laughs> um, but were there watershed moments in the grieving process where you started to, to find more hope? I mean, even therapy, I mean, that, that might even be something and, but sometimes going through therapy for a while before you find hope were there moments um, in these past months that were moments where you're, where you kind of started to, Have a more positive outlook um, in your grief process. That's I don't I don't know. I think you're trying to say. I
2: get what you're trying to say for sure. It's interesting because I have a friend of mine, a really close friend of mine. She's honestly saved my life at at a bunch of times, and she also lost her son. We met on Instagram. She lost her son, Fox. He was three years old, um, suddenly, and so we've become really close because Fox and River were like the same kind of just radiant, angelic child, and I was she's lost him in October and so I am farther along in the grief process it like when I hear her speak about where she's at now I remember being back there it literally felt like I was drowning it was just I was drowning every day it felt like I was just being suffocated by grief and it was just awful honestly I didn't know how I was going to move forward like I just couldn't even imagine like I I just it was just I was suffocating. And I don't feel that I guess I can feel that way now, but it's not constant. It's not continuous. it, it It's all it's like my I actually have an another uh, friend of mine. she my close friend of mine in high school she got was in a boating accident, and she passed away. And so her mom has been I've become close to her because she lost her daughter. And um, I remember in the beginning, she sent me that poem. It's like a really, um, it's a really popular grief thing. But it talks about like that, The in the beginning, it's like these tsunami waves that are just constantly crashing on you, you can barely like catch your breath. And then the waves, they get farther and farther apart. So the waves are still there, but they're not as like, they're not these huge tsunamis. And they're not constantly crashing on you. So that's what I think has happened is that and I I really do I feel like there's just been a I think that the biggest thing for me at least is asking River for help like when I connect to him and like ask for help from him I can feel hope and like when I connect to his spirit you know when I that's that's when I can feel hopeful and like so I don't know if that was a clear answer to your question.
0: <laughs> no, that's a great answer because um, from what I've from talking to you now and seeing your social, you're a very spiritual person, and I think that um, finding your way, which some people people have their opinions about, whatever because we are yeah. different, but yeah. but it's it's your way to to keep him close to you to honor his his memory. But also to um, to keep yourself going, and that's that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Um, you know, there there are people. You know, people have all these different ways. You know, like it's asking river, or it's you know it's. My dad used to say, you know, I was outside in the yard and the wind blew, you know, as I was by your mom's flowers, and that's how I knew she was there with me. You know, so mm-hmm. there's all these little cool, unique things people find, and um, that that's your truth, and that's amazing, that's special, and. Um,
1: and it's real. Yeah, it's, so yeah, it's real. It's
0: tangible it's, in a way, you know. It
1: really is.
0: So that's that's really beautiful. Um it seems like you have this mission now in life. This this kind of calling. You kind of mentioned Rivers Ranch, and that'll. If you ever need a digital marketer someday to help you market that thing, let me know. I'll come. Oh my come god! Work. Okay, amazing. Okay. We
2: actually we are like my husband's like putting down people for a potential team, so I will actually reach out to you.
0: <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, but um, so thinking about fully
1: support you. <laughs> you know, <Okay.
0: laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like all these things are kind of what what are keeping you going. Um is there anything you haven't talked about yet that that's really been your motivator in insane even on the dark days like i don't want to get up i don't want to be anywhere or you you've been crying on your couch for an hour you know it's like it's it, i think just river in general is just that that push that that guiding light and that's amazing because um, we all, like you said, we all want our kids to all be special. Um, but river sounds like this amazing bright light that just burned hot and intense and in a loving way. And that's so cool. And, I and mean, it's
1: t- Oh, sorry, Corey. Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. <laughs> well, um,
1: it's, it's a testament to who you are as a person mm. too, you know, and your parenting. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about that this whole time. I'm like, you know, of course he was his own person. Right. And still to me still is, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's around for sure. I mean, especially talking to you, like I feel it, you know, which is, it, it's beautiful. Um, but it, it, it talks about it, it's a testament to who you and your husband were, you know, as parents are as mm-hmm. parents. And that's, that's, you know, that's amazing. And it, it is, you know, at least in my opinion, it is, it is your duty to, to, to keep that going You know, and channel him and 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 use that energy. Um and uh you're already doing it. So (laughs) kudos to you.
0: (laughs) And one thing I will say too, so um I I, you're spiritual, I don't know if you're religious or anything. I, I believe in God, so that's just my thing. Yeah. But um but obviously you believe there's something out there bigger than bigger than all of us. And what I always tell my son is I say, Harrison. God saw who you were and saw your personality and said, you know what, mom and dad, they, they should be your parents. And so I think that's really cool to speak to. You know, the cosmic forces that be saw your husband, saw you and said, hey, you know what, River, we're going to drop you right there with those two people because they're going to give you everything you need for as long as you are here.
1: Aww. And
0: so that's that's amazing. Um, I love that.
1: I
2: love that so much. <laughs> Sorry,
0: I'm, I'm not, I, I, she already got me crying earlier. i like <laughs> – so you you my <laughs> first time on the podcast crying. That's <laughs> that's so, that's river. Um, so we, we have this mantra on the podcast. Um it's kind of been our unofficial our uh tagline, Jamie I get you, you call it that, but we we say grief is and it's grief is dot dot dot. And we always ask our guests if you were gonna finish the sentence grief is what would you say? It can be a single word. It can be a sentence, whatever you'd like to, to end that with.
2: Grief is the inverse of love.
0: Oh, oh, that was good.
2: <laughs> I <didn't>, <laughs> well, I just have to, I didn't make that up. That was also what my, my uh, friend who passed away, her mom, she said that to me and I'm so glad that she did. Cause she said, don't like your sadness and your grief is the inverse of love that you have for River. So she always says like, I never want my sadness to go away because that's my love that I'll always have for my daughter. And so that helped me because sometimes it can be like the sadness can feel so heavy, but it's like, no, this sadness is sacred. That's my love for my child. And that is limitless and endless and will always be there. So they were all, there will always be that room for that love and grief in my heart for him. You know,
0: that's amazing. That, that's beautiful. Um,
1: I mean, this has been beautiful and insightful, and I just, I just wish you peace and, and, and happiness and in, in moving, in moving forward and continuing everything, you know, all the hard work that you've already done to get through this. and, So um, that's all I've got.
0: (laughs) So, but but let's also talk about what you have going on. Um, You mentioned this idea for for what you're doing, but um, let's talk about what kinds of ventures, what things you're doing, things we can look out for.
2: Oh yeah, totally. Well, my whole so my why I started my actual Instagram initially was to teach moms how to transition to a non toxic lifestyle. When I had River, that's what I started learning to all the you know. Chemicals that we're exposed to and how they can cause health all different array of problems in our lives So that's why I started my Instagram initially And then I started to get into essential oils and all that that was all fueled by River Like so the reason why I went totally organic and non GMO with my food the reason why I started to like really dig in and like turn our house in a totally non-toxic household that was all inspired by River and so that my job. So that's my work. Like I work with non toxic like non toxic is my thing. And I still feel connected to that. Because I know that river is in that you know, like that he fueled that and even like right before, like he always was like oils, mommy, you know how to open oils, you know how to use, you know, <laughs> he like to go under my sink and use our cleaner and sprayed in his mouth. That to me is important. Like to me, is that is like knowing that my child is not only safe emotionally but is safe like that he's not exposing himself to carcinogens hormone hormonal disruptors all those things. So that's my like that's definitely like my where that's my thing. And then of course like Rivers Ranch I will collaborate with my husband and that's definitely something that is like his he's like just really sees that vision. But I'll just say that the biggest thing for me from River is being like this was always him was being present and content with whatever and whoever was right in front of him. Like that is the most important thing, you know, because it's it's like yeah, there's it just that's the most important thing and that's what he really taught me. So even if Rivers Ranch never happened like to me, it's like that will be amazing. And it will cause I can feel how much that my husband wants to do that and how much river would be a part of that. But I really feel like the the real important lesson from river was just knowing what's important and, and it's the connections, you know, that that's, what's important. So yeah.
1: It's a beautiful lesson.
2: Well,
0: <laughs> well I, before I say thank you, Gina, I want to say <laughs> thank you river for bringing your yes. mom to us in your own special way, kid. You're amazing. Um, but thank you, Gina, so much for being here. Um, you're an amazing person, and your story is amazing. And I'm I'm so grateful that we got to meet you, to know you, to hear to hear your story, <laughs> to and River. to celebrate to celebrate River. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I can tell you, it sounds like he and my kid would have are like are, <laughs> like buddies in another life.
2: Program. Oh, <laughs> I love that. If this is like seriously been such an honor and like wonderful experience, and it feels so good to share him like share river with the world so i like really appreciate the opportunity to do that
1: absolutely thank you for sharing him with us and really um you are you are amazing so
0: and um everyone thank you for tuning in today's episode uh and we will uh, talk to you next time
1: bye guys